And the kingdom of God we see introduced to us in the scriptures is different from the kingdom of this world, meaning the sense of like the things that people in this world tend to value, the things that people in this world tend to pursue, especially as their ultimate values and ultimate pursuits. In God's kingdom, they are oftentimes the exact opposite. Hey, welcome to Lightfields Community Church Sermon Extra. Great to have you with us once again this week. I'm here with Pastor Nick Katie. He's the pastor of Whitefields Community Church here in Longmont, Colorado. And you have joined us once again. We're in our series looking at the book of 1 Corinthians, Paul's letter to the 1 Corinthians. And the, the title of this series is called Grace and Truth. And uh, this week we find ourselves in 1 Corinthians chapter 4. And the t- title of this week's message was The Measure of Success. And you can... Uh, Find that at whitefieldschurch.com. Get over there. You can download it. And uh, if you missed it on Sunday morning, and of course, you can find it on our YouTube channel, as you can find it on Facebook, and you all also can find it on any of your favorite streaming platforms and podcast platforms. And if you would, you know, just like and subscribe. If you haven't subscribed to our channel yet, please do that. Hit the like button and, uh, you know, rate and review. That really helps. Give us five stars. Give us one star. Whatever you think. And uh, it certainly helps just the algorithm and, and, you know, get us. When people are asking questions, you know, about life and the Lord and God and all these things, we can provide them with with Christ-centered, gospel-centered answers. And so you can certainly help us in that way and and share it. Share it with your friends if this is something that you think they can truly benefit from. And so this week we kind of find ourselves in 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and we see Paul kind of uh, admonishing the first uh, the, the first Corinthians the Corinthians about you know the the idea they kind of got the whole this whole power dynamic thing wrong they were kind of lording over people and especially around the you know as we're going to find on later chapters it revolved a lot around the gifts you know and who had the greater gifts and all this kind of thing and and it introduces us to I think one is one of the most important kind of underlying themes in scripture especially in the New Testament and then that's God's economy of how power actually works and how leadership works and what a true leader sh- leader is and what a servant is. And, and I think uh, the one verse that you brought up, I think uh, really, really sums it up well. And that's, you know, what will benefit a person if they gain the whole world and yet lose their, their, their own soul, you know, and this idea that the, the kind of leadership, the measure of success that we are striving for in this world is so foreign to the measure of success as you see in scripture, as you see model, modeled by Jesus. I thought we'd just kind of talk a little bit about that today. Yeah. You know, sometimes referred to as the upside down kingdom, in the sense in that the kingdom of God, which is what? Which it's the realm in which God rules as king, right? So the kingdom of God can be within you. And one day the kingdom of God will be everywhere in fullness. And the kingdom of God we see introduced to us in the scriptures is different from the kingdom of this world, meaning the sense of like the things that people in this world tend to value, the things that people in this world tend to pursue, especially as their ultimate values and ultimate pursuits. In God's kingdom, they are oftentimes the exact opposite. And I, I think this is seen very clearly in the fact that Jesus, you know, he they expect him to come as a certain kind of king, but he comes as a totally different king than they expected. And yet the results that he produces are not just what they had hoped for, but even greater than what they could have ever hoped for. And so, you know, things like in, in his kingdom, forgiveness rather than retribution, 
right? Mercy uh, rather than retribution is um, is a value, right? Um, turning the other cheek, showing showing uh, mercy, showing grace. These things are values, and also humility, right? This is the thing. Um, Jesus came as the humble King. It says that in. Philippians chapter 2, that he humbled himself, emptied himself of all of his rights and privileges in order to uh, save us and to fulfill the mission of God. So all that to say, um, so many things that we pursue as our greatest values in this world, sometimes the exact opposite is what we're told to pursue in Jesus' economy. Yeah, and I, I, it was interesting that you bring up uh, that quote by actor Jim Carrey, uh, because I think it reflects, and you see, he says, I wish everybody would get rich and famous and have everything they ever dreamed of so they would know that it's not the answer. And he's not the only person I've seen who's, who's not a Christian, who've, who's kind of gone full circle. You know, they worked their way up, they got rich and famous, they got to the top and found that it's not about... It's not about that. They still, you know, have that cliche, you know, there's a God-shaped hole in all of our lives kind of idea. And then they kind of start searching over after spiritual things. We've seen it, a lot of stars, they, they go after a lot of spiritual things. And if you even look back, back to the 70s, I mean, you think about all the hippies, even think about the Beatles. They got into Eastern mysticism and all these, I mean, they were rich beyond you know, goodness knows how much money they had. And, and you see in the hippies and that whole group of resisting structure, authority, and it's like, this can't be what it's all about, you know, the kind of idea. And, and the scripture kind of has laid out what the true measure of success is. And we, you know, we see it modeled with Jesus washing the feet of his disciples. And, and you know, you, I think a lot of us had probably have that same reaction that Peter, you know, like, Lord, no way you're going to wash my feet. If you can wash my feet, you're going to wash my whole body. And Jesus is like, well, if I don't wash your feet, Peter, then you're not going to have any part of me. And I, but I, you know, and I think this is uh, the reason I thought it would be a good discussion topic is because I think it's something we have. This is one of those things we have to, I think, look at every day in our own lives because it's not what's modeled out there in the world for us and sometimes it's brought into the church you know lording over one another and we never want to be a church where we're where we have a, authority structures where there's this idea of lording over but of over our congregation but that we're serving people come with a heart and mind to serve one another as they walk through the the church they're not look, looking to come and take but come to how can I serve those people that I'm sitting with and worshiping with and gathered with on a Sunday morning or even during the week, you know? And I think it's just a great lesson for us to learn. Yeah, Paul says in 2 Corinthians, that other verse I mm -hmm. quoted, he said, we, we are not here to lord over your faith, but we're to be helpers of your joy. Yeah, I thought that was very interesting. Yeah. And I, I love that, that idea. You know, if you consider yourself as a leader in whatever leadership capacity you have, that your goal is to help someone else's joy um, I think that changes the way that you view them. You know, they're not there to serve you. You're there to serve them. Now, of course, in, in our uh, church background with Calvary Chapel, you know, we had this modeled for us very well with uh, Pastor Chuck Smith, who's very famous for uh, doing a lot of things, right? Like, so he, he, one of the most famous stories about Pastor Chuck is that, you know, he would pick up trash before service, in between services. People wonder, like, where's the pastor? And they would point out, oh, he's the guy who, uh, you know, you just walked past yeah. <laughs> uh, who was picking up trash mm -hmm. on, in, on the grounds of the church. And um, I think that says a lot, right, that he's not there to be treated as a king or, or to be waited upon, but he, he saw him there himself there as a servant. And one of the kind of uh, sayings we always had with Calvary Chapel was, you'll know exactly how much of a servant you are when somebody treats you like one. Right. How do you respond? You know, do you say, oh, hey, this person's treating me as, as if I'm their servant? Well, 
okay, I mean, nobody likes to be treated badly. But on the other hand, if you are a servant, um, maybe that's going to come out when you're treated like one. You know, how much, how comfortable are you with actually serving others? So. Yeah. And I think a great verse for that uh, is Philippians chapter 2. I think that's, I, I love that teaching that chapter. I know in, in Budapest with our, with our worship team, I, I, I always said we live, this worship team, we want to live in Philippians chapter 2. And that's, that's considering others greater than yourself. And, and what's interesting, Paul says, this is the mind of Christ. He says, I wish that you would all have, be of one mind. And what is that mind? And he points it out to us, you know, in Philippians chapter 2, that, you know, Jesus putting aside his own glory and coming down in the form of a man. And, uh, and, uh, and that's just a great place to start if people want to know. And you know, what, what does it really mean to be a true servant? Well, have the mind of Christ. And what is that? You know, and you point out a lot of scriptures on Sunday morning that, that our viewers can go and, and about Jesus and his, uh, you know, the, the, the servant nature that he brought. I came to serve, you know, and um, and we just wanted to take a look as we close just at the last few verses of uh, you didn't really have a chance to, to finish up on on chapter four and just kind of uh, kind of wrap it up a little bit of just how Paul finishes this letter. Yeah, I left off by looking at the part um, there in verse 17, where, I'm sorry, verse 16, where Paul tells them to be imitators of him, to follow him as he follows Christ. But then uh, he goes on to say this, this is why I sent you Timothy, my beloved faithful child in the Lord, to remind you of my ways in Christ. So he sent Timothy to them in his absence, having moved on from Corinth. He then sent Timothy, who was his protege, his son in the faith, as he calls him. Um, and, and he says, why? To remind the Corinthians of Paul's ways. Why, what was, how did Paul live out his Christianity? You know, somebody asked me this uh, after church on Sunday, just saying, you know, it, it couldn't have come across a little bit arrogant of somebody like Paul to say, imitate me or follow me as I follow Christ. But I think it's really necessary. I think that we need Christian leaders and we need mentors. We need people who are able to show us with their lives what it looks like to follow Jesus in the 21st century in Longmont, Colorado or in Firestone or Erie or wherever it is that somebody lives. What does it look like here in this time and place? You know, take this, these, the, we're following, um, somebody who lived 2,000 years ago, right? Who wrote a, we were following a book that was concluded almost 2,000 years ago. And so what does it look like to put those principles into practice today? I think that's a really important thing. And we need examples and models to follow. So he says that, but then he says this, some of you are arrogant as though I were not coming to you. And so essentially he's saying, hey, you know, you guys talk a big game but what are you going to do when I'm there talking to you face to face? Are you going to talk about me like this? Are you going to talk to me like this? Are you going to show respect? Because this is another part of this. Some people were respected Paul and maybe honored him a little bit too much, but other people in the Corinthian church didn't honor him properly, right? They didn't honor him as an apostle in the way that he needed or deserved to be in a sense because of his calling and authority. And he says, you know, the way you're talking to me is just awful. Are you going to do this when I'm there in person? And then he says this, um, if I come, I, I will come to you soon if the Lord wills. And I will find out not only, or I will find out not the talk of these arrogant people, but their power. So he says, okay, let's see. Is there any substance to what you're saying? Right? Or is this just empty chatter? And then he says this incredible thing in verse 20. The kingdom of God does not consist in talk, 
but in power. It's a really important verse, you know. Basically, it means this, that the kingdom of God isn't just about, you know, having nice meetings. It's not just about, um, you know, saying nice words. It's actually about a power that has the ability to transform your life and to transform your destiny. And so that, that's what we're all about. That's what Paul's been talking about through these first few chapters. The power is in the gospel. And what is the power? It's the power to transform your identity and to transform your destiny. And and so he says, look, this is all just empty chatter. You're basically just like wasting your breath, you know, biting and devouring each other and talking yourselves up and being arrogant. You know, the real substance is in the power of the gospel and it's the power to transform lives. What you're doing here with all this competition and jockeying for who's better than who, there's no power in that to transform. And I think, you know, another part of this was image. They were trying to project an image. And I think this is really true. There's no power in projecting an image. The power is in the reality of transformation. That's what we seek after in Christianity, not just, you know, uh, putting on a nice show or a nice facade for people to look at. Yeah, and I think that's very important to understand. It's the, we can say, imitate me as I imitate Christ because of the power of the gospel. It's because of Christ. I mean, it's almost, it's a, a full circle thing. We are empowered by the gospel to imitate Christ. And because of that, you can imitate us as we imitate, uh, imitate the Lord in that way. And I think that's a key passage. I think that's another one that I've, you know, on, on with worship teams, I, I spent a lot of time with that verse because we stand on a stage and we, we model to people you know, leadership. We model to people the idea of what it means to be expressive. Or, and then when we step off the stage, we've we set a precedent. We set a step off the stage, and and we, we, we can't we we take that with us. And so it's important that we we can say, imitate me as I imitate Christ, and that we have a, a play, a, you know, a role to play in that. And uh, I once taught a sermon based on that because I was. I always, with many people, that was a shocking verse to me. Like that person asked you the question, like, like really, you know, can I, uh, can you really imitate? Do I want you imitating my life? You know, uh, you know all my faults and failures as well. And uh, I write, I, I once taught a sermon on that because of the way it affected me, called bumper sticker Christians, because of those, you know, don't don't follow me, follow Christ, or uh, I love God, I hate his followers, or <laughs> those kind of things. You know, you see these kind of bumper stickers on people's cars all the time. And I was like, no, you know, the Paul says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. And yeah, that seems like it can be very difficult, but it's, you know, a, kind of a mandate that God has called us to be as Christians, but then he's empowered us by the gospel to do that. In many ways, in our faults and failures, that's where people see the true nature of God's grace and mercy, you know, and they can, they, they, you know, can be encouraged by that. So th that's just a great verse. You know, one, one of our common friends, uh, Greg Opine, I, I just remember it really clearly. He, he always said this. He said, you know, to follow him as he follows Jesus, if you were to follow him around, you would be uh, pretty disappointed a lot mm -hmm. of times, but then you'd also be really impressed because you'd see him get on his knees and repent. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's really important too. Like it, we follow Jesus, but we also need to see what it looks like for another person who's not Jesus to follow mm -hmm. Jesus, mm -hmm. right? Like it, it's important for me, for example, to see Greg what, how does he deal with his failure, right? Like, how does he deal with that? And um, does he just brush it under the carpet? No, he gets down and repents of it and is restored in relationship to the Lord. That's really important for me to see. 
that that's more than just uh, reading about what Jesus did in his perfection. This is also about what it means for me as a human being to follow him. I think that's pretty important. Yeah, no, that's that's very, very important. I think that's a great lesson for, for us. It's kind of a takeaway as we close with this is that sometimes it's the process of the transformation is as much an encouragement and a witness as the transformation itself to those people that are in your life, you know, as you witness of Christ, as you imitate Christ and, and, and try and uh, live that life, you know, in servanthood to him and in servanthood to, to others. And just the process of the transformation, your faults and failures, people see that and they see you and they see the humbleness in, in your life. And so that's just, uh, I think, great encouragement to take away from today and just yeah go back and read this great uh, great chapter and uh, if you missed it whitefieldschurch.com you can go download please share it with somebody if you feel they can really be blessed by this and uh, we look forward to seeing you next week God bless